This is Dr. Kara Uwe, and you are listening to Find the Eight, a series on sleep for teens, young adults, and their families. Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Find the Eight. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about the number one sleep trap to avoid. In my work as a sleep physician, I see people fall into this trap over and over, and once they learn to avoid it, things can get a lot better and quickly. Also, until this trap is understood and addressed, all the other great sleep strategies don't tend to work that well, or they don't work at all. So that's why we're going to start here. So I'd like you to imagine that it's midnight, and you get into bed so that you can get enough sleep. Your mind is really active, and you don't really feel anywhere near sleep. This happens a lot, so pretty soon you start to feel frustrated. You toss and you turn, trying to find the right position, but you can't quite get comfortable or settle to sleep. Eventually you start to worry about how the next day is going to go if you don't fall asleep soon. To drown out your thoughts, you eventually pick up your phone and start scrolling or watching Netflix. After two or three hours of this, you finally pass out and you wake up the next day feeling groggy and exhausted. Does this sound familiar? Now, sometimes the reason you can't sleep is that there's stuff keeping you from getting into that sleepy, relaxed zone that you need for sleep. A busy mind, stress, Netflix. But sometimes the root of the problem is that your body just simply wasn't ready yet for sleep in the first place. So how do you know when your body is ready for sleep? And how do you avoid this really common trap of showing up too early for sleep? There are two simple ways to predict when your body will be ready for sleep. The first strategy is called the 14-hour rule. This is one of the simplest ways to avoid this trap, and it's based on the idea that generally your body needs at least 14 hours to build up enough hunger for sleep, or in the sleep world, we call this sleep drive. You need enough sleep drive to fall asleep and to have a deep, consolidated sleep. Let's look at a few examples. The simplest way to calculate 14 hours is to add two hours to the time you woke up then change that time from a.m. to p.m. or p.m. to a.m. Let's say you woke up at 8 a.m. The earliest you would expect sleep based on the 14-hour rule would be 10 p.m. Now it's a Sunday, so you woke up today at 11 a.m. The earliest you would expect sleep based on the 14-hour rule that night would be 1 a.m. Now imagine you had a string of really bad nights, so you stayed home to catch up on sleep, and so you woke up that day at 2 p.m., The earliest you would expect sleep based on the 14-hour rule would be 4 a.m. If you try to sleep that night at midnight, you would be waiting for a really long time. Remember that 14 hours is a minimum. You may need 15, 16, or even 17 hours before you've built up enough sleep drive. You may be able to fall asleep earlier than the 14-hour mark, like if you have a nap, but you won't have enough of that sleep drive for a solid full night's sleep. And because how quickly you build up sleep drive is also affected by the amount of physical activity you've had that day, if you're seated or not moving most of the day, you may need a lot more than 14 hours awake before you can expect sleep. Naps will also impact when you can expect sleep at nighttime. When you sleep, that build up of sleep drive gets depleted. Napping is a little bit like having a late afternoon snack because you're so hungry. It makes sense in the moment, but then ends up ruining your appetite for dinner. Similarly, naps make sense when you're exhausted, but then end up costing you nighttime sleep. So if you've napped, you have to tag on even more time to that 14-hour rule. The second strategy to avoid showing up too early for sleep is to understand the current timing of your body clock. You do not want to try or expect sleep until it's the right time for your body clock to sleep. Timing sleep too early for the current timing of your body clock is really common, especially during the teen years, because the clock naturally likes to run a bit later in this stage of life. So how do you figure out the current timing of your body clock? 
you can ask yourself the following questions. When do I spontaneously wake up without an alarm on the weekend? And when do I start to feel less zoned out or more alert on days when I have to wake up early, like on school days? Is it 10 a.m., noon, 3 p.m.? Now take whatever time this is and go back by nine hours. And this is the approximate time your body clock may think it's time to sleep. So if your body tends to get more alert at 11 a.m., your body clock might be ready for sleep at 2 a.m. And if your body tends to get more alert at 1 p.m., your body clock might be ready for sleep at 4 a.m. Now, if there are any adults listening to this, because your body likely needs a bit less sleep, you may only need to subtract seven or eight hours. It's also important to know that there is a period of really high alertness right before the clock is ready for sleep. It's part of the natural rhythm of the body clock's daily cycle, and it's called the forbidden zone because essentially it is impossible to sleep during that time. If the clock is on a quote-unquote regular schedule with sleep occurring between 10 p.m. and 7 a.m., the forbidden zone may occur sometime between 8 and 10 p.m. But if your clock is delayed and on a schedule of, let's say, 1 to 10 a.m., the forbidden zone will occur between around 11 p.m. to 1 a.m., right when you may be trying to sleep. Because it's essentially impossible to sleep during this time, this creates a perfect setup for insomnia and is one of the most common things that I see in my practice. Now, how do you put together the 14-hour rule and the timing of the body clock? Once you figure out these two times, you want to choose the later of these two times as your starting line for sleep on any given day. This is the earliest time you want to expect or try to sleep, and ideally it's the earliest time you get into your bed for the night. So for example, let's say you woke up at 7 a.m., 14 hours later would be 9 p.m., but your body clock doesn't want to sleep until 1 a.m., so your starting line for sleep would be 1 a.m. Or let's say your body clock wants to sleep at 11 p.m., but you slept until noon. 14 hours after noon would be 2 a.m., so your starting line for sleep would be 2 a.m. This math is not going to perfectly predict when you're ready for sleep. And there are some rare exceptions, like if you're ill or if you've had a string of nights where you've essentially slept very little. But generally, if you are falling into this trap of trying to sleep when sleep is just not possible, these two quick calculations may save you hours of lying awake in bed. To really hit this idea home, I like to compare this idea of showing up too early for sleep to showing up too early for a train, but expecting the train to be there. First of all, it's just not possible to catch the train because it hasn't arrived at the station yet. And while you are waiting, you would likely feel pretty frustrated and impatient. You would probably start to worry about when the train was going to arrive and if you'd make it to your destination on time. You may take out your phone to stay calm and because what else are you going to do? And you might get so caught up in what you're doing that you don't even notice when the train does roll into the station. Had you just shown up for the train at the right time, you could have saved yourself all of that time, frustration, and worry. Now, what happens if your body isn't ready for sleep until 3 a.m.? Waiting until your starting line for sleep is always going to be the first crucial step. You can't sleep before this time. But obviously, this is not a great long-term solution if you have to wake up for school at 7 a.m. In this situation, you need to move your starting line earlier by building more drive for sleep at the right time and shifting your clock earlier. More episodes on how to do this to come. Now, what if you can't sleep once you get to the starting line? In this situation, there are other things keeping you from getting into the zone for good sleep. Again, in future episodes, we will talk about these sleep blockers and strategies to address them. Now let's get to action. It's your turn to figure out your starting line for sleep for today. Try to aim for sleep at this time. 
don't expect or try to sleep before then, and ideally try to stay out of your bed until this time. So that's it for today. In the next episode, I'm going to talk about one of the most common barriers to getting enough sleep, and that is bedtime procrastination. Thank you so much for joining me, and I will see you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Find the Eight. If you found it helpful, please share it. And if you'd like more, please follow Find the Eight on Instagram and sign up for my free jumpstart guides at decodeinsomnia.com. D-E-C-O-D-E-I-N-S-O-M-N-I-A.com. Take care.